Welcome back, everybody, to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsford's. We are your daily dose of quick and handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me, as always, on Tuesdays, Mr. Matthew Rooney. Andy's over on the other channel talking about golf. How you doing, Mr. Rooney? Did you enjoy the home run derby last night? That was quite a bit of fun. Uh, I did. I was. I feel like the last couple of years, I've, I've enjoyed it a little bit more. I don't remember when exactly they switched to the uh, the three minute format instead of the, the ten outs format. I know it's been a little bit while, a little while, but I feel like that's just a lot more fun. It's it just gives it a little bit more entertainment, gives it a little bit more exciting, gives you the chance for some walk off home runs. Dan says twenty fifteen in the chat. Thank you, Dan. Uh, I, I had some fun watching it. I kind of turned it off once it got to the finals, but I, I watched most of the first couple of rounds and had some fun with the pool stuff. Yeah, the format's really fun. The energy over pool halls was great, and picking the winner wasn't too bad. Mr. Soto did pretty well. There you go. Pete Alonso looked really goofy. I don't know what the heck. Something was up with him. It, it was weird. They were. It's it's always funny to me when the announcers. I know they have to. You know, it, it's their job to make it sound. You know, like they, it's a big serious event. And they were talking about you know game planning and interviewing Pete Alonso about his process and all that and. They, they said Pete Alonso was talking about how much he prefers to hit first because he doesn't like having to, you know, see that number he's got to go chase. He likes kind of putting the pressure on. And it actually did kind of seem like that, that he was kind of pressing a little bit uh, when Rodriguez got out to that, uh, that huge lead against him or put up the 31 homers in the second round. But that's, it's, it's always funny to me when the announcers are talking about it, analyzing it like it's an actual game. Like guys, it's, it's a home run derby. We can have some fun with it. It should be fun, and, and that's really what was going on last night. I, I think actually what we saw too, and something I missed maybe a little bit in my handicap, the Dominican Republic guys were really nervous go, going against Pujols, and like I think that really got some of those guys. It's he's great. Pujols is awesome. He's one of the best players of all time. I assume he's a first ballot Hall of Famer and all that. But it was, yeah. it was fun, I guess, to see everybody be nervous. And then, man, I've never seen that kid from Seattle play even a second of baseball, but he really hits that sucker hard. He is going to be a really, really good baseball player. He's having a really quiet not. Not a quiet year because he's having a great year. He's an all-star. He's in the home run derby. But, like, in terms of attention because he's playing in Seattle because Seattle started out so bad this year that, you know, he hasn't gotten as much attention, obviously, as some of the bigger markets. But he's been absolutely fantastic. And Seattle's on this big 14-game winning streak or whatever it is. And he's been I mean, he's been one of the biggest parts of it. He's been really keying into it. But he's going to be a, he's going to be a big-time name we, we see in the league now coming up for the next few years. I think this this home run derby all-star game is going to be what kind of puts him on the map as, like, the, the next young wave, you know, future star or one of them at yeah. least and he looked comfortable it was great I, again i think he really he did, did he didn't look nervous at all yeah right i don't think it was the nervous thing i think he's just tired and that's what everybody says their first time playing the home run derby it's exhausting it's yeah, I, I, through all that and make that many swings i i listened to you guys talk about it yesterday for a little bit and it, it's what you the two things you talked about were pretty correct having the right pitcher uh which some of the pitchers kind of got uh got their hitters in some trouble. And I would even say, you know, Pete Alonso's pitch, I know it's the guys he's used the last couple of years, but they kept talking about on the broadcast how they're not together every day now because he's not with the Mets anymore. It kind of showed like he wasn't really always putting them in the best spot there. And I, I think that that ended up coming back to bite Pete. But also what you were talking about was, have you been there before? And, you know, Julio Rodriguez hadn't been there before and he was great in the first couple of rounds, but I think he just kind of ran out of gas. It's kind of tough to pace yourself, kind of tough to know what you're in for until you actually get in there and do it. I was disappointed overall by the performance of the pitchers. There was not a lot of readiness to of like grabbing balls as they were in the air. A lot of standing and watching. I think they definitely each could have gotten a couple more throws in. I mean, that's, I'd really be working my guy on that stuff, but it was. It was yeah, so even that's the dude ball. throwing to Pete Alonso. I, I noticed the, uh, his last uh, – Standing and watching balls. Like, he was just kind of – he like grabbed two. He tossed a couple, 
stand, look, grab a couple more. Like, like you should have, you know, three in, in the offhand. Every, you, know, hey, you throw one, pockets, you, grab, you pick up whatever. another. You, got, you should be loading up. You should just be nonstop. You should be a pitching machine. Let's go. Right. It's, I, I, if I don't see a single home run, I did my job right. But we should it was be super home run derby we'll pitching consultants. Year. We should yeah, that's, we'll work on that. We'll reach out to that's, some of the that's guys. That's your wheelhouse. And... MLB, bring us in next year. We'll teach. <laughs> we'll, we'll coach them all up. I like it. We've got the all-star game tonight. And again, I've got a little bit of that Soto money in my pocket ready to go. So I'll probably give some of it back. But I mean, what do you think about the game here? It's obviously an all-star game. And as someone that knows little to nothing about how good some of these players are, they sure do look like some good rosters. They are. Yes. Some might say they're all-star rosters. They, it's, it's obviously loaded rosters, loaded teams. I don't know. It's like, it's, it's so hard to handicap any, like the NBA all-star game, you just take the over no matter what. And you just hope they score a lot of points. And they usually end up doing that because they don't play any defense. Like baseball, you actually see the pitchers go out there and throw pretty hard for their one inning. And usually the best pitching is going to triumph over the best hitting, but also like betting the under in an all-star game isn't fun. I don't want to do that. I'm not going to sit here in all good conscience and say, yeah, go ahead and bet the under seven and a half, even though that hits all the time. And I know the, the AL has won how like eight out of the last nine or whatever it is. And they, they kind of dominate this, but like new year's every year, it's every year is a new year. It's like when you're through wet wheel and it says it's been red like 15 out of the last 16 times, like blacks, you know, do, but like not really because every spin is new. Like I don't, I don't know how to handicap this thing. Just take the over and hope we see some home runs. Right. Yeah, Patrick mentions, of course, the overtime here. I don't know how books are going to handle this. I imagine there's a couple different ways to go about it. Number one, maybe they just hang all lines for nine innings, and that's kind of what the deal is. Or I would think it would be whoever wins the tiebreaker gets an extra run at it, so it probably counts as one run. I can't imagine yeah, that would count be my guess. all the home runs as runs for each team, but it'll be really interesting to see what books do. I think that was announced late, right? We didn't know that until yesterday. I, I found out about it yesterday. I mean, it probably was announced at some point before yesterday, but that's the first time I actually saw it. And, you know, Knowing Major League Baseball, it wouldn't shock me if just yesterday they decided to add that little tweak to the rule. Yeah, it seems to have caught everybody by surprise. So I would say, you know, be careful, read all the rules wherever they're posted, but and no one seems to have anything clear on it. At the end of the day, I wonder if our, our friends at FanDuel here do what they've done in the past, and if something goofy happens at the end, maybe they just let everybody kind of watch things out. But we'll see how it goes. I mean, in general, I, I've I have one angle here, and we talked a little bit about it. I can't remember if you mentioned it while we were talking about the Home Run Derby now or just before the show, but those balls seemed awfully live last night, and I wonder if they have the good balls in here. And if they do, that's seven and a half. I'm happy to take the over. I know that that's gone under a handful of times in the All-Star game. Even in cores, I think we only got seven runs or something like mm-hmm. that. But, man, those balls were flying out yesterday. These lineups, again, look loaded to me from a hitter's perspective. A lot of guys that I think – are going to take some big swings. I wonder if we see a handful of home runs tonight and uh, curious to see how it goes. And, you know, like I said, I have no idea what I'm talking about. I could now, barely even tell you what teams these people are on, but give me over seven and a half. I'm not sure if you know this or not, but I know that Pujols and Miguel Cabrera were like honorary all-stars. I'm not sure if they're actually able, like if they're actually playing in the game or they're just like there in the home run derby, like Pujols was, I think they're actually like going to get chances in the game because why would you put them there if you weren't going to give them one at bat? I would absolutely – now, Miguel Cabrera's legs are pretty much, like, cooked, and he can't really turn on a ball anymore. He only has, like, two home runs, I think, this year. But I would absolutely bet 
Pujols. If there, I looked on FanDuel, I looked on Caesars, could not find it. Um, if, if there's a Pujols anytime home run prop, I would absolutely bet on some sort of Cal Ripken, you know, Randy Johnson grooving one down the middle to him. Uh, I, I would really like that. Right if I haven't talk. found it, maybe there's a reason I haven't found that on the yet. Um, <laughs> you but I, if, if you could find that one, I think we go Albert Pujols anytime home run hitter. But I like what you're insinuating here. Maybe they throw him a couple softballs. They throw Cabrera a couple softballs yeah, here. I mean, maybe I get a dinger out of one of those too. It's, maybe there's a nod between the managers. All right, you give him a layup, yeah. give him a layup, and we'll work things out or something. I do love Dan's idea that the finding the they'll rig the game and I could get the home run derby finish uh, for for uh, J Rod, which I fully kind of agree and buy in with MLB conspiracy theories. I've been looking in. I, I find will be the tiebreaker crop and i think that's because it's so new like the i think it's because it came on so late they haven't really had time to come up with odds for it but if you can find that i love the will this game go into a tiebreaker because i think the mlb will find a way to send it into a tiebreaker all right tinfoil cap tips to today that's i'm going with a juiced ball for the over you love the overtime bet because why not let's do it let's just go full on again if overtime i had time and that i wouldn't be betting this stuff so do you imagine albert pujols hitting a walk-off home run in the in the home run der- no they already announced their home run derby participants so yeah i don't think he can do it that'd be a oh, well. maybe he'll hit a dinger anyway but had a question from the chat just as we were wrapping up yesterday um Apologies, I forget which listener it was, but um, wanted to talk about the AL MVP odds and how things have gotten really close here. And, you know, you talk to anybody, it seems pretty clear that Otani from just about any way you look at it is the most valuable player in terms of his pitching and hitting and stuff. But start to look at some of the numbers here. I know that there's a lot of other stats, but war is a nice way to kind of sum up a player's impact and value. And Otani has a great 4.9, 4.9, but again, that combines his pitching with his hitting. You look at Aaron Judge, he's at 4.4 just hitting the ball. I mean, some of these numbers are spectacular, and I don't know, Matt, I have to wonder if at some point Judge's hits a ton of home runs and gets people excited. You combine that with the New York media and the fact that maybe the Angels don't even win 40% of their games this year. It's I think that there's probably good reason that this number is close, but I don't know. What do you think? I, I tend to agree with you. I, I, we were talking about it a little before the show, and I think if Aaron Judge was at the All-Star break, had 33 homers, 34 homers, whatever it is, and you know, 90 RBI is a 4.4 war for the Tampa Bay Rays or the Oakland A's, I don't think he'd be in the discussion. I think his MVP odds would be like plus 600 instead of plus 130. But he's doing this for the New York Yankees at you know it, in the year that the Yankees are the best team in baseball, at least you know right now, or at least one of them right now. Uh, and I think the if Otani and the Angels were like even remotely in consideration to win that division or win the wild card or be a playoff team, like even in that race, I think you'd see him kind of at you know minus 250, minus 300. They've just been so bad and they can't really seem to shake it. I think if Aaron Judge finishes the year with you know 60 homers and however many RBIs and the Yankees win 105, 110 games, like are you? They're going to give you, I think, because he's a Yankee, obviously what he's doing is what he's doing now is amazing. What he would do it would be amazing if he ends up with 55, 60 home runs. Unbelievable. But like because he's playing for the Yankees, too, I think that added factor is enough to vault him past Otani. I still don't love the only plus 130 value, but I think the plus 130 value means that, you know, these sites are actually seeing that the judge has a very serious chance to go ahead and jump Otani because he hasn't been, you know, he's usually around minus 150, minus 140. The fact that it's that close to even, I, I think there's some some serious chances for judge. 
And Otani has taken a lot of money. He was a little juicier than this, I think, at certain points. And it's kind of steadied the last couple of days. I'm curious to see what happens. A lot of sharp people I know were loading up on Otani at plus numbers as it started to move the other way. Um, I'm trying to remember, I saw a tweet at something. Maybe even got out to like minus 150 at, at some place in Vegas for a little while, but seems to have snapped back here to relatively even. So um, yeah, if he gets back to like plus money him. or something, like even money, like he's kind of now. I wouldn't hate taking some money on him, but I mean the second half is obviously unpredictable. But if Judge keeps it up on this pace, I think Aaron Judge will win the MVP. Well, while we wait for some baseball, this actually I'll be tomorrow morning. That's who am I talking about? I don't know what's, what we've got going on this afternoon. I guess there's nothing this afternoon. But, eh, there's Oh, there's probably something somewhere. Well, the tennis picks from yesterday are happening now. Wang Ziyu looks like she's going down, unfortunately. So that'll blow up that little parlay there. Um, the other one's still in good shape. And then in Hamburg, we've got uh, Barra just underway against Contevate. We'll see how she does as things go along. But two picks for us again tomorrow morning. Uh, Hamburg could be as early as 4 a.m. Palermo, uh, I believe, as early as 6, 7 a.m. Eastern time. But we'll start with Marina Zanevska. Um, Somebody, again, we bet on quite a bit, generally as an underdog, but um, we'll see how she does here as a big favorite. It can be tough for certain players to make that adjustment. She's had some success as, as a favorite and goes up against um, goes up against uh, Alexandra Kandatu or Ignatech. She has two names. This tennis thing is nuts. They don't actually pick last names for some of these people. But either way, it goes up against a player who I think has only beaten one player in the top 100 um, in the last two years. And... Um, was, I think, a retirement, actually, the win. So generally gets blown out in these matches. Zanevska really comfortable here. So instead of trying to do something with her money line, which I actually still see some value. If you want to take that money line and do something with it, great. But I'm happy to lay the three and a half games. Standard juice seems to still be around on that. And then in Palermo, Jasmine Paolini um, took care of business for a, a parlay yesterday and it carries into today. I can't remember who I combined her with but things still looking okay she's only minus 138 again don't mind the money line but if she's going to beat Shui Zhang, who she plays here in this match should be pretty comfortably i'm seeing minus two i actually sold out to the two and a half just for a little cheaper juice i think that was plus money at one of the offshores or something like that but minus two minus two and a half if you want to sell out to three that's good if again if you want to parlay the two of them that's fine as well i just see a bunch of value in both of these women i would have zanevska closer to four and a half games paolini closer to three and a half so happy to lay the games there instead of doing something with the money lines. But, you know, you're adults. Do whatever you want. Uh, I need to actually thank you for the tip you gave me Friday morning when I was in Vegas. I went down to the sports book right after we recorded the show. It was Marich. I gave out that pick, the, the plus money money line. And I was, uh, I was a, a, a <laughs> popular guy there with my amongst the, the guys on the bachelor party for a couple hours. All of us hit. We were sweating it out a little bit in that second set. But you came through, and I was, I was quite happy with that. So thank God to thank you for that one. Glad to support the boys. Hopefully you guys uh, bought drinks with that instead of giving it back at the blackjack table. But I'm sure there was a little of each. Yeah, yeah a little bit of both, right? You got to use some of it on the blackjack table. Yeah, I mean, you got to give back a little bit. I mean, those casinos, it's very expensive to keep all that stuff running. So, you know, you got to help them was, out from time to time. I was happy to help them out keep running their casinos this weekend. Did you bet any college football while you were out there? Did you get in any early bets? I did not put anything down. We did take a look at the the uh, look at everything see the current odds we took some took looks at, at kind of what we like but for the most part like i just when i'm betting futures i kind of like doing it on you know FanDuel on caesars as opposed to there just because it's a little bit easier for me to get my money if and when it wins it happens but it's, it was it was nice to kind of look at the odds take a look at some stuff do have a, a couple things that i like and i figured after we talked about it on friday needed needed some team totals for tuesday um uh, 
and I'm going to be doing a little bit more college football content this fall. Figured why not give us some college football team totals. Uh, first one I like here is Utah over nine wins plus 105 and them to win the Pac-12 championship at plus 300. There's some serious value with them on FanDuel at plus 300. I was checking them at Caesars too, and at Caesars, uh, Utah and USC are both plus 210 as co-favorites. FanDuel has USC at plus 150, Utah at plus 300. Uh, there's just a lot of money coming in on USC right now. I forget, I think I saw a, a graphic this morning. That happens every year. It said uh, like Vegas Sportsbook, didn't name which one, it has most money coming in on USC to win the national championship this year. They're just they're, the hype train is out of control there. They're going to be a pretty solid team. Caleb Williams is a good quarterback. They obviously got Jordan Addison, really good receiver coming in. Lincoln Riley is a good coach, but it's a it's a brand new it's a new coach with a new program. They got a lot of new parts in there, and they're going up against the team in the Pac-12. It's going to be a top competition in Utah, who brings back a loaded roster from a team that gave Ohio State everything they could handle in the Rose Bowl last year. They're bringing back three 500 plus yard receivers, a thousand yard rusher. A team that's usually known for their defense is bringing back a lot of starters. They have one of the best defensive coaches in college football and Kyle Whittingham. They're bringing back uh, both their coordinators too. And then Dan's going to probably say it in the chat. I know he talks about it, tweets about it, had an article about it. Cam rising at, at 125 to one, I think to win the Heisman trophy is an absolute, is absolutely great value right now. Uh, I think he's going to have a fantastic year with all the weapons they're bringing back. Uh, they have USC at home this year in that matchup, which I think in October is going to be a really, really tough matchup for USC going on the road to Utah where they always Utah always plays really well. So plus 105 for over nine wins. I like the fact that you can have a little bit of a push there and the plus money at nine wins. I really, really like uh, they open up the season at Florida. Uh, that's that's their toughest non-conference game. Uh, Florida's got a new coach. Florida has been very up and down the last couple of years. Haven't hasn't recruited all that well. Um, that's going to be a big, big game in, in getting to that nine wins. And I do think they win that one because I think they're the, the more experienced team and they have a lot more consistency consistency than Florida does. Uh, so I, I really like those odds, both at plus money. And then Tennessee over the seven and a half, I feel uh, not as confident backing Tennessee because Tennessee usually seems to do Tennessee things. But I really loved what I saw from that offense last year. They're bringing back Hendon Hooker. Josh Heupel is a really good offensive coach. They got a, a blanking on the tackles name, but they have a guy who's going to be, you know, first round pick at offensive tackle. They're bringing back a, a lot of starters receiver. Last year, they were able to, to get to the passer a little bit, but the defense struggled on third downs. If they can just sure up their defense, I mean, this is a team that I think when they scored 35-plus last year, they were 7-0, and and when they didn't, well, they weren't 7-0. Uh, but if that offense can just kind of take some steps forward, Hendon Hooker can be the quarterback that everybody thinks he's going to be this year. And, you know, in year two of a program, you usually see programs take positive steps forward. Uh, there's a real, real chance that Tennessee starts out the season 4-0 and going into LSU. Going into LSU, Brian Kelly's first year there. That team isn't as talented as they have been in years past as that program is used to. That's a winnable game for them. There's a chance they can go into an Alabama game 5-0. and uh, They're not going to win that, obviously. Um, but if they can get out to a hot start, win their first four, maybe be 4-1 and after five games, I think they have a real chance to get over that eight and a half, over that seven and a half wins. I know it's uh, minus 145, not the best odds there, uh, but I think with that offensive talent, the amount they got bringing back and it being year two of a program with a pretty good coach, I like that over seven and a half. All right. It's, I like the cautious optimism there. Um, seven and a half. Maybe I'll poke around and see if I can find an eight or something. But it is Tennessee. So just always when betting on Tennessee, you know, take that with a grain of salt. I can dig it. 
Well, thanks, everybody, for watching. I think that's all we've got today. Again, hop over uh, to the other stream and check out Andy and the golf team there. They do a really good job. They pick a lot of winners, and uh, it's fun to bet three on. Three in a row for the Betsburts golf team. They got three outrights in a row. Right? That's easy. That probably covers it. It's most of the year, I'd imagine. Thanks for the chat. Great job, as everybody. Thanks for the uh, AL MVP question. That was fun to talk about. Uh, give us a thumbs up, like, subscribe, do all that good stuff. Hit the little bell so you get alerts whenever the show starts and things like that. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow for a little hump day.